Welcome to Let's Talk Learning Disabilities with Lori Peterson and Abby Weinstein. Lori and Abby spend their days talking about dyslexia, dysgraphia, dyscalculia, and ADHD. They talk to parents of struggling students and adults who have had a lifetime of academic challenges. They want to share those stories along with their own insights with you. So, let's talk learning disabilities. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Let's Talk Learning Disabilities. This is Lori. And this is Abby. Today, we are here continuing on with our intervention series, and we have a very special guest to talk to us more about a very, very prevalent and hot topic that I would say we hear about almost daily. We do. We get, I feel like everybody has a little bit of this. Yes. And it's not ADHD. It is not ADHD. (laughs) Surprisingly, we are talking about testing anxiety or test taking anxiety. And we've got with us Lindsay Hallmuller from Dallas Integrative Counseling. And she runs a program called the Test Edge Program. And it focuses on alleviating test anxiety. So I am so excited for you guys to hear more about what Lindsay's program has to offer. I'm personally excited to learn more about this program and um, learn more about how we can actually alleviate test-taking anxiety. So welcome, Lindsay. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. This is really exciting. We do. And I think what's really interesting is that we have a lot of people that call in and say, my child has test anxiety. That That's not really a diagnosis, mm-hmm. right? And I think people assume that just having test anxiety is a diagnosis that will then afford you some accommodations. And really, it's not, mm-hmm. right? And so to me, that makes it even more important that we find and offer solutions for it because they probably won't be able to get accommodations or help. Um, for their test without alleviating the test anxiety. Mm -hmm. So this is really exciting. It is. And I think a lot of clients or parents call in talking about test anxiety and they think that it's anxiety that that is their disability and that they can get accommodations for it. And when we evaluate these individuals, oftentimes they do not have a generalized anxiety disorder and they don't struggle with anxiety across the board in all facets of their life to an extreme degree. It is strictly related to academics or test taking. So then we get to like what Lori said is, okay, it's not a diagnosis, not a diagnosed disability that can afford you accommodations. How do we but You still need help. But you still need help. So, Lindsay, tell us, first of all, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you came to be doing what you are doing today. Sure, sure. Well, I I am originally from Oklahoma, and I went to the University of Oklahoma. I I got my degree in psychology. I've Boomer always... Sooner. <laughs> right. It's hard to be in Texas and say that, but I am um, a Sooner for sure. But I've always been interested in the brain and, of course, with that goes learning and and executive function. Uh, So my degree in psychology led me to I wanted to work right away, which is sometimes hard to do with just an undergrad in psychology. But I moved to Miami and I ended up working in an educational environment. So here comes the interest in education. 
I worked at a school for kids with developmental differences and um, autism. Mm-hmm. And that was eye-opening for me. I loved it. It was it was such a great learning experience. And it really got me thinking more about furthering my education, learning more, not just about psychology, but about the brain and, and um, how all of that can work together, counseling too. So I moved here. I moved from Florida to Dallas, went to SMU, the counseling department, and got my master's in, in counseling. And from there, I just, I became so interested in counseling and psychotherapy, but also still really yearned to want to integrate more of the learning theory, mm-hmm. um, some more about the brain as well. And that led me to get my certifications in neurofeedback and biofeedback. And I've always been interested in psychology and physiology. So those two, yeah. the you know, my master's in counseling, but also my specialty in biofeedback helps me kind of combine um, uh. really the, the mind-body view mm-hmm. on things. So I've been in Dallas ever since. I That's moved here great. in oh, 2006, and I've been here ever since. So... So here to like stay. You, good. Yes. So in your practice as a counselor, I'm curious what led you to want to focus more on testing anxiety? Well, I hear it almost every day. And even if it's from a kiddo or a teenager that isn't seeing me for test anxiety, I probably at some point hear them say, I have a test tomorrow and I have such test anxiety. It's almost just part of the lingo Mm -hmm. now, but it really Mm -hmm. affects a lot of people. And we're seeing it affect younger and younger too. So working with children, with younger children, elementary school age, you know, pre-adolescent children, hearing them talk about test anxiety, first graders, (sighs) second graders, that really, really shook me. Mm, I bet. Um, I don't think when I was that age, I even knew what the word anxiety was. Exactly. So this is just a, it's a part of the conversation. It's a part of what kids deal with, but it's real. Mm -hmm. And like you said, it's not a formal DSM diagnosis, but there are a lot of factors that can go into test anxiety, whether you have a diagnosable disorder or not. Right. And you can still experience that type of anxiety whether it's you know a clinical issue or or not, so right. different perspectives. So, how did you stumble across this particular program? My training in biofeedback led me to it. Testage is actually a program developed by the company HeartMath, which is a, a biofeedback self regulation company. They um, they do a lot of research. They're the Institute of HeartMath, so they really hold strong on their research. But they use that with their hardware and software for heart rate variability, which is a biofeedback technique uh, for self-regulation, relaxation, focus. Mm. They developed the heart math program years ago. I began using it probably 15, I'd say 15 years ago, and really kind of developed it into not my own program, but I've integrated other things into it that I see that come through my door when people express anxiety or stress or pain and how that affects tests. So I, I, I cannot take complete, you know, they, <laughs> they developed the program, but I've been using it for a really long time. It's very structured. It's very targeted toward test anxiety, not just anxiety in general, but testing anxiety. And uh, I think that's what makes it really unique is that we don't really veer off toward 
anxiety in general, we really zoom in on the test component Mm -hmm. and um, it's very targeted toward that. Before we jump into the actual program, because I do want you to Mm -hmm. kind of give us a little bit of an overview of the program and kind of what it entails. Mm -hmm. Do you mind, we've never talked about neurofeedback or biofeedback. So do you have like just kind Mm -hmm. of a really easy explanation for listeners who aren't familiar with that? what it is and kind of what people use it for. Sure. Mm-hmm. I will try. It's, it's I know it's probably it's hard to do <laughs> it in, in, in 30 do. seconds, but and whatever. Yeah. Terms, I, will, yeah. Yeah. I will do my best. I think, you know, it biofeedback has been around for a very long time. Yeah. I think I'd say 60s, 70s for sure. And really it was developed uh, to treat migraines, to treat pain, to treat um Physiological disorders, it's really a lot of medical devices are with mm-hmm. for biofeedback. But um, it is a way to measure your physiological responses. So we're looking at heart rate, brain activity, muscle activity, skin temperature, skin, what we call conductance or um, you know, like when your hands get. <laughs> yes. And we'll talk about how that, you know, with testing, you know, my yeah. hands get really clammy. These are all of the physical and physiological symptoms we experience with stress or anxiety, sometimes with depression. Biofeedback equipment allows us to measure that and you can view your responses on a computer screen. The the part about the feedback is that that information then you can use in order to either reverse that effect or to help reduce it. Like a racing heart, you know, if you're looking at your heart rate on a screen and you see that it's very fast you can actually learn to lower it and watch it on the screen Mm. get slower through techniques usually working with a counselor or um you know we see biofeedback in occupational and physical therapy settings Mm -hmm. as well so um so it sounds like it it's making you more Mm self-aware of your physiological symptoms so that then you now can do something Mm -hmm. about Reducing them? Yes, and controlling them. And, and you can see them. the immediate effects of those practices. In front of you, right on in front a screen. Of you. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. What's really cool about it is that, you know, back in the 70s, you would actually just see the heart rate or a light or you would hear a, an auditory cue. Now we've they've developed video games, mm. um, uh, visuals that are really interesting. My favorite one is actually one of the heart math ones because I use other clinical systems as well. But it's a it's a black and white picture. And if you're able to self-regulate, whether that's through muscle or breathing or EEG, then it adds color to the picture. And then you, you paint a picture with your physiology. Oh that God. is too cool. That is so cool. The key is if you become out of sync or if you begin to maybe think of something stressful and your heart rate picks up or you tense, then the color will go away. And so you really have, you have to have work on, picture. you're getting that positive feedback, but you're also getting, you know, negative feedback too. It's very helpful. A lot of people are visual learners. Mm-hmm. I know I am. So it, it's it's great to use with all ages, even kids. Kids really enjoy it too. That's and great. we've heard it as a treatment for ADHD yeah. as well, mm-hmm. which is being able to kind of regulate your attention as well. So yes. mm-hmm. biofeedback is neurofeedback, which really zooms in just on EEG biofeedback. Um, that's a completely different certification just for EEG. There's a lot more that goes that's into like that. That's like your brain waves. Brain waves, yeah. yes. There is a there's a lot of research on that in ADHD. So cool. I really it's important to me when I open my practice to focus on evidence based practices. Mm-hmm. 
So, you know, you want to be able to back it up with research research. and with facts. And so there is a lot of evidence behind, not with biofeedback only, but also specifically with neurofeedback. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, thank you for that. That is super helpful. That, is that, helpful. that actually makes a lot it more sense to me too. Sense. And I've heard, we've talked yeah. about you know here and there, but yeah, that really helps. So well, I, I wouldn't do it if it yeah. didn't work. You, know, right. you don't do something for fifteen or twenty years if it doesn't if work. Exactly. Results. So that it's important to stress that as well. Mm-hmm. So when you have a student or a client come in for specific test anxiety, mm-hmm. kind of give us an idea of kind of where you start and kind of then how long the program would typically last. You don't have to give all the details, but give us some general, you know, idea Mm -hmm. of how you move through the program. Sure. I mean, step one is really just learning more about that person. Um, I usually, it's a lot of teenagers that I get, but I also get adults who are taking exams, you know, Mm -hmm. licensing, licensing. high Um, stakes exams. Yes. A lot of my references may reference teenagers just because that's a big part of the population I use this with, but learning really discussing with them their goals. What is the goal? What what test is it? Is it all tests? Is it your driver's test? You know, is it your ACT? Is it chemistry? Really visiting with them about what it is that they want to target exactly. Um, and learning more about their thoughts about test taking. Have you always considered yourself a bad test taker? Do you have test anxiety because you just hear that people have, I should have test anxiety. Mm-hmm. Everyone does, right? Um, so really zooming in on what their goals are. Or are you anxious because you're not well prepared for the test? Exactly. Really digging into, you know, you say you have test anxiety. Well, why? Of course I believe you, but let's, what is it that lets you know that? Is it, does your chest get tight and that's scary? Is it because you're, you're afraid your mom might get mad at you if you don't make an A? There are lots of reasons behind it. So really zooming in on that, but also the goals. What's the goal here? Just like with any treatment plan, you want to have goals. Those are really specific, especially with the the test component. Okay. So you start by getting to know the client and what their goals are. And then what would be the next step? And I mean, how how can I meet with you one time and alleviate all my test taking anxiety? I wish, right? A lot of people do want that, you know, fix it for me, fix it for me. We want that immediate gratification. What's great about Test Edge is it's a very structured program. So I am able to tell someone right up front, this is the way it works. You know, usually it's six appointments. The first appointment is a general intake appointment as a licensed counselor. I do a general, I gather a lot of information, um, psychosocial information, learning about the person, any medications they're taking, any uh, any other factors that could contribute us working forward. Uh, but the Test Edge program in of itself, if we are doing specifically that, five appointments after that. And I break it into sessions. Again, first of all, it's learning about the individual. Then we start looking into what what age is this? If I'm working with a third grader, I might start out differently than if I'm working with an 11th grader or a junior. Um, for our, my younger kiddos, I say third grade to fifth grade. So we're looking elementary, maybe early middle school. A lot of those kiddos come in and report they have test anxiety because of the way they feel, right? Mm. I feel sick. My tummy, my tummy hurts. hurts. Yeah. My tummy hurts. I have headaches. Um, I um, I shake. I get shaky. And they're so young at this point that that's really scary that when is. you feel that way or you notice 
my hands are freezing, you know, I'm sweating, but I'm not hot. And really talking with them about what that means and how it can be very uncomfortable and maybe scary, but you're okay. It's probably because of this. And this is why and how we can change it and how you can maybe even use it to your advantage, right? Sometimes anxiety is, you know, we're preparing for something. Right. Mm-hmm. I call, I use the three Ps. The power of the three, three Ps are preparing, protecting, and performing. And usually anxiety goes up when we're either preparing for something, uh, performing, or feeling like we need to protect ourselves from something or protect someone else. All of that goes into taking a test, really. So my youngsters, I call them, that earlier group is really discussing those physiological symptoms. So what does that mean? Um, and, you know, coaching them through, we can change that and, and, and not to let that distract them from really the task at hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's rare that I get a lot of third graders though. And yeah. still, you know, middle schoolers and high schoolers are still really distracted by the, the physiological symptoms of anxiety. Uh, middle schoolers, I like to zoom in more with them on the cognitions behind taking tests. What are your thoughts about tests? What are you thinking about when it comes to tests? There's a lot of cognitive distortions. Mm-hmm. I suck at tests. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I'm terrible at tests. Um, um, if I don't pass this test, I'll fail. Then if I fail, I won't get to stay on the football team. And if I don't do that, then I'll never go to college. And I'll never. Mm-hmm. Right. Catastrophizing. Yeah. A lot of that in our Worst adolescence. Yeah. Worst case scenario. So that is actually more of, of what I see with the teenagers and even, you know, preteens is more of the, the racing thoughts, the anxious mm-hmm. thoughts about tests coupled with if you already have anxiety, then that makes it worse. Right. Um, but also integrating the physio- physiological part of that, too. How much of those next five sessions are is more talk therapy or are you in? doing more of like the biofeedback and more structured? I usually set aside one, just one appointment or one session for biofeedback or self-regulation. And really only because that's something you can continue if you want, Mm -hmm. but really it's a skill that you can learn very quickly. And when you see it on the screen, you can learn and you make that connection. You don't have to do 10 of those. Not with the type of biofeedback I use for test edge, which is heart rate variability biofeedback. So I really only set aside one session for that. And it's usually at the very end. Everything can change based on the individual. Sure. Sometimes we need to do that first. Mm-hmm. They may even be nervous that they're coming to see me. I'm sure. So that might be something we talk about first. But most of the program, I'd say from the intake session to session two, three, four, is talking, talk therapy. But also it's very psychoeducational. We're learning things. We're learning about test smarts and the something we call the three brains and pacing, not racing is a big oh, part of it, I like that. you know, because when we get anxious, everything speeds up mm-hmm. our heart rate, our thoughts are, you know, you're taking your test and you're filling in those bubbles as quick as you can. And it's everything speeds up. So pacing. So are there some some st- test-taking strategies built into your program? Yes, they're absolutely. And that's what's, you know, the really targeted component of it. Um, Even breaking down certain thoughts with strategies. If we get a a distortion, I'm terrible at tests, I'm going to fail. Stopping that with something we call a neutral. So teaching the individual 
I don't want to use the word tricks, but they are. They're mm-hmm. tools. They're mm-hmm. strategies to mm-hmm. to stop negative thinking, to reduce the heart rate, and and to maybe even some general test taking strategies, pacing, not racing, right. or you know making sure you fill in that bubble completely if they're using Scantron. I don't know how often that is mm-hmm. anymore, so that you don't miss something because you were in a rush and you only filled it in halfway. So even general strategies like that, but mostly physiological and cognitive. Mm-hmm. So it, so once you have talked to them about the physiological symptoms that they experience, mm-hmm. that they call my test anxiety, mm-hmm. then you work on ways to reduce those physiological symptoms. Yes. Right? Becoming aware of them, why we have them, you know, good stress versus bad stress. Um, and, and how they, how you, you can control them. You can control them on your own. No one else is responsible for that. You can do it. Teaching them that independence, um, can really give them a lot of confidence as well, which leads into better test taking. So we learn about the physiological component and then maybe integrate some of the cognitive component as well. I think that inner voice too can be so, you know, it can spiral, right? Mm -hmm. I'm terrible at this. Or you hit a question that's really hard and Mm -hmm. you're like, great, I'm going to fail. And then it's like downhill from there. That's what I was going to say. Once you hit that one hard question, you struggle for the rest of the test mm because you can't stop thinking about that one. Or just you've already, now you've decided you've blown it. it. And Mm -hmm. so I think that's huge to really work on that, that inner voice, because that inner voice is... Yes. It can be terrorizing. And it can, it can be really be strong. Distracting. The inner critic is really strong. That's a big part of what we talk about, too. It's, you know, recognizing that and, you know, fighting against it, talking mm-hmm. back to it, you know, using your own positive self-talk. You know, that's a big part of not just counseling in general, but especially with test anxiety, because we can get so worked up. Everything speeds up. And then we have all of these negative thoughts, all of these distortions. Our brain believes what we think often it does. And then we perform poorly Mm -hmm, as well. Or we're just so overstimulated with anxiety that most important part of the brain that we need to focus our frontal lobe kind of just checks out. Mm -hmm. And then you can't even process efficiently the information Mm -hmm. like, to perform on the test that you actually have in your brain and you know. Do you ever help kids take these skills and kind of transition them to more of a performance? Like I'm thinking about kids who get really anxious Mm -hmm. at a sporting event or on stage or, Mm -hmm. because it's the same physiological symptoms. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. This is not just with exams in the academic setting, but performing either in sports Um, I have had a couple airline pilots who were really Mm. that were anxious about taking their exam, but also just, you don't want your pilot to be overly anxious. Uh, That was really interesting. I had a couple of those. It was really great. You know, you want anyone that's, you know, if you're flying with them to be very confident. Um, But yeah, I mean, this transit translates to so many different areas Uh, with teenagers, not only academics and ACTs and tests, the driver's exam. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have to learn to drive and I have to get into college and I need to make my parents proud. Oh, and I play sports and it's a rough time. There's a a lot lot going on. There is. Absolutely. But uh, I was really surprised whenever I 
started integrating this more into my practice, a lot of the driver exam. That's interesting. Not just the actual driving portion behind the wheel, but the the written exam. I think because for teenagers, it's so important to be able to drive. It is. Having that independence and that freedom, it's like, if I don't get that, that makes right. me anxious. So, yeah. passage. so, so about five to six sessions. And then I'm curious, like, how do you measure the, the results or the mm-hmm. progress they're making or, or, and, or do you get feedback that people have said, you know, this really did reduce my test taking anxiety and my next couple tests, I wasn't anxious. Sure. I mean, self-report feedback is, is huge. You know, that's the biggest indicator. You know, did you pass your test? Uh, part of the program that I use when we're together in session or even if we're doing it virtually, worksheets, structured worksheets. You know, we're actually writing things down. We're looking at things. Uh, writing it down is a big part of remembering and learning, right? Taking a pen or pencil to paper. So there's a lot integrated into the program that helps us see if we're actually moving forward with Mm -hmm. it. If we're learning more about controlling the anxiety, if they're understanding the concepts. And again, they don't get a grade on this, but it helps me see, are they catching on to some of these things? Mm -hmm. Or really, are they just so anxious that this is just too much? Then maybe we're looking at something else. Mm -hmm. Uh, So to measure progress through the sessions, we look at different assignments or worksheets. They're not scary. They're usually fun. but really self-report the indicator at the at the end, you mm-hmm. know, how did you do on your test? How do you feel like you did? Maybe they took it and they don't know. Right. right. How do you feel? Um, I would think over if you're doing these, do you typically do them weekly? Mm-hmm. So over a five to six week period, they're going to have some tests. Mm-hmm. So there are going to be lots of opportunity to practice. And the program, honestly, I could stretch it to 12 weeks, but that is not very logical. If we think about it, someone who has, Test anxiety, they may have a test, you know, think about in school, you know, you've got your nine weeks mm-hmm. and then the semester's over. So it's, it can be stretched or we can certainly add on to it, but I try and make it within a time period where they're actively learning, they're actively practicing and they're consistently gaining that confidence so that when they do take their exam, that they feel good about it. It's not like, oh, I can't remember what we, what we talked about three months ago. Right. right. You know, exactly. it needs to really be in be that fresh. concentrated period of time. Applicable mm-hmm. and able to apply. So doing it over the summer may not be as beneficial as doing it during the school year. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And also depending on what the reason is sure. for, for a test. A lot of what we get or what I see is just general test anxiety. It's, it's a I say less common for someone to come in and say, I've got this one math exam and if I don't pass it, it's over. The pressure on that is so high. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, it's all or nothing. Right. So generally it's, I just, I struggle with tests. Tests in and, general. Mm-hmm. So, and then it's, it's one-on-one. You're here in Dallas, but can the test edge program be done virtually with clients? Yes. And I had to, we had to, get into that during COVID, COVID yeah. right? So it actually was a benefit and it absolutely can because a lot of the things that we do together, I mean, I'm, virtually I can still see the individual and we talk as if we're in the same room. The only difference would be is that I send them or email them um, the lesson plans. Again, it's very psychoeducational and it's very structured. So 
they'll look at their sheets or their worksheets with me. Mm-hmm. Um, that instead of in person, I just email that over. Sometimes it's even more convenient for them to pull it up on their screen or print it out. The only downside to the virtual, or the only caveat I would say, is the biofeedback component because that is an in-person type of thing with with equipment and mm-hmm. you know measuring your responses. But it's not impossible. What's great about HeartMath is their equipment is you know I can I've mailed someone a package you know with a they can mail it back to me it has a heart rate sensor has the um the software on it and we can do that virtually as well you use a computer anyway right. so i can actually see in real time it's very user friendly equipment too that's nice so it's certainly not impossible it's just you know mailing things whether it's through email or sending them the mm-hmm. heart rate sensor that's wonderful cuz mm-hmm. we do have um clients all over the nation Mm -hmm. that we work with and we like we said at the beginning we hear test anxiety as a huge huge challenge but even kids schedules these days and trying to get to an appointment Mm -hmm. as the virtual is we've found now through covid that it does work pretty well for most things yes so when you have that option for some it's just then trying to get them to one more appointment and the program certainly is beneficial even without the biofeedback component sure. because biofeedback is really just that that visual way of viewing your physiology, which again is very, it's very important and it's very useful, but it is self-regulation. It, it, these are techniques that you do use individually on your own. Well, you're not gonna have your biofeedback equipment in your test, right? right? right. So right. it's just a way to learn about recognizing your physiology. These are all strategies I can teach virtually anyway, mm-hmm. whether it's breathing or muscle relaxation or even even hand warming, te- uh, thermal biofeedback. We would use what we call a thermistor and it measures the temperature of your finger or any extremity, but finger, tip yeah. of the nose. And um, again, you need to, you would see that on a computer screen when your hands warm, we're more relaxed, our, our blood flow. But we can still teach these things without the equipment. Oh, and great. there are other things, you know, you can use to measure your... You remember mood rings? Yes, yeah, I yeah. do remember mood rings. So they change color based on your the temperature, temperature. of your hand. Absolutely. So when they're warmer, you, it's usually you're happier or you're more calm because mm-hmm. the ring is able to, you Warm know... Yeah. yeah. So, and again, this is a li- that's a little bit more novelty than yeah. actual biofeedback equipment, but the concept is the same. And just learning, teaching a kid, you know, they're like, my hands are just always so cold when I take a test, or they're just so sweaty. Well, there's a reason for that. And maybe if you notice the week before your test that these symptoms, what can you do to reduce that? Those are those are physiological cues that you're starting to get anxious. Mm-hmm. So start using these techniques now. That way it's not day of the test and you're just a ball of nerves. Right. Right. It is really sad to think of a first grader or a third grader even but, having but this. But it's happening. But it is happening. Especially with the state tests and with, the, the, yeah. the amount of pressure they put oh, on these kids. They're and, even thinking about when they don't have to start taking state tests until third grade, but they are they know about them already in first grade and they're talking about them and, mm-hmm. and planning for it and stressing about it. So you mentioned... Working with a third grader, you mentioned, you know, mm-hmm. teens and college age students. So what is the the demographic or what is the age ranges that can be um, can benefit from this? Yeah. Can benefit from test edge. I'd say 
the earliest age, I think, could be as early as, you know, I can't first or second grade, depending on what they're noticing about if they're being tested. I don't know. Yeah, there's a lot of I tests don't know that I've worked, yeah. third grade is the earliest is the mm-hmm. youngest I've worked with. But with that said, things are changing educationally sure. and um, kids are expressing anxiety in different ways. Mm-hmm. I love children. I have a young child myself, so I feel confident. And if there's a young child that has test anxiety or anxiety about performing in some way, being able to to work with them in a model that works. If mm-hmm. I'm working with a first grader, I may not sit down with worksheets and talk right. to them. We might go in the playroom, integrate some things in the in the playroom, mm-hmm. but everything is always targeted toward their need. Okay. Um, awesome. That's great. Yeah. We just see most Using exams and tests yeah. start in at least with grade. Mm-hmm. third grade is just the youngest I think I can think of of I'm having this spelling test right. or you know things like that. But as far right. as adults. All the there's way no up. age limit. There's no age limit. I've, I've worked with individuals who are taking their MCAT, you know, to mm-hmm. be a physician or go to medical school. And then also with individuals who were taking certification exams, licensure exams, um, recertification. Right. And then adults that are going back to school, too, mm-hmm. you know, changing their careers completely. A lot of people over COVID, I think, realized I don't like what I'm doing. I mm-hmm. want to do something different. Yep. But it's learning again. And mm-hmm. all of these old feelings come back. Oh, I'm nervous again. Or I'm new at this. I was an expert in this, but I'm changing careers. Yeah. And now I'm new at this. And all of these feelings come back. Some of that's excitement. Mm-hmm. We talk about that. Excitement is the same in the body as anxiety. Everything kind of speeds up. Yeah. Your body does not know the difference. Um and that's something I really try and express to children as well. You know, right. sometimes when your heart's racing, you're excited. Sometimes we're scared. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I can teach you how to control that or I can show you how you can actually make that feel better. Great. I um, love it. This that sounds, is awesome. Yeah. I know. I'm so excited because like like we said in the beginning, we do have a lot of students that come in, adults too, that are really like, it doesn't matter what else is going on? They have some test anxiety. And we talk about that voice and mm-hmm. that negative, the negative self-talk and how, what a huge impact that is. But to know that there's such a targeted program and I love this, just six sessions. Like oh, it's not months and months of therapy yeah, exactly. to get, to get over your test anxiety. We try to simplify it a lot. Yeah. That's, we like, that's, that's how we do things. Yeah. We well, like that's that. That's more of that quick fix that we're looking for. Well, yeah. And it's not, but it's, 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 structured and there's mm-hmm. meat to it, but yeah. it's, it's not, you know, going to take you all year to get through. Do you guys take insurance? Mm-hmm. We do. We are in network with Aetna and with Blue Cross Blue okay. Shield PPO plans. Uh, we, we use insurance when an individual has a diagnosis, whether that's from you guys or from a medical professional we have the ability as licensed counselors to diagnose individuals. Uh-huh. So if someone already has a diagnosis, whether it's ADHD or generalized anxiety disorder, it could be major depressive disorder. That can contribute to your stress about tests. Uh-huh. Because as we talked about earlier, that test anxiety is not a diagnosis in of itself. So if we feel that if there's a diagnosis and we can send that, yeah, sure. Okay. But no diagnosis, then obviously they can't use their insurance for it. If, if they're right. coming literally, I just mm-hmm. have test anxiety. Everything else is great. Right. We Without a diagnosis, yeah. Insurance and that's not, not gonna... Unfortunately, that's not up to us. That's right. up no, to the insurance, insurance exactly. But you don't mm-hmm. have to have a diagnosis of any disability to be 
a participant in the test edge program. Absolutely. Right? You can okay. you can participate in it just if you want to learn how to take tests better, maybe on a performance level mm-hmm. or if you know you might be considering going back to school. Am I going to be able to do so? Absolutely. There is no diagnosis needed. Um, You may have a diagnosis and not want to use your insurance. Some people don't want to. It anybody can can the diagnosis just drives the insurance. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Well, this has been amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We are so grateful for you being here. I know we've talked about you a lot with our clients because we knew about your program. We've done our we've done some research on it. But to have you here to really explain it and spell it out has been been so insightful. Well, thank you so I'm much. I'm more I, excited about recommending the program to individuals. Thank you. It's 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 a great program. There's some information on our website. I'm happy to chat with anyone who has questions. And what is your website? It is dallasintegrativecounseling.com. And you can also, there's a area where you can click right on Test Edge. And it pulls up the different age groups or grade groups per se. And really what we focus on with each of those groups. Okay. Keeping in mind that you know, everything is, we adjust everything to the need of the client. So it's, it all works together, but generally it breaks it down between what we work with with each age group and how that can help. Again, a lot of our younger ones are the physio, my tummy hurts. Right. I'm going to get sick, but we'll put a link to the program in the show notes. And then if they have, you, are you, you're over the program, right? Like you're, I I provide, yes. I usually take a lot of the test edge clients. I'm in the office more often. A lot of the other counselors at our office are too, but they're working virtually as well. Um, And so usually I'll, I'll take the test edge inquiries, but anyone in our office can, and they all have provided test edge too. Amanda Prater at our office is wonderful. She's also, board certified at biofeedback so she can implement the program um john lauren so if they go to your website and just do like the contact us form Mm -hmm. they'll it'll get to the right person perfect Mm -hmm. absolutely well thank Thank you thank you you so much this has been amazing um abby this has been so insightful i'm so excited that we have this information i'm so excited too I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for listening today. If you have any recommendations or suggestions on topics you'd like to hear on a future episode, you can email us at letstalklearningdisabilities at gmail.com. Or, Abby, tell them about our website. You can access our podcast website at www.ltldpodcast.com, where you can see a list of all our episodes we've recorded and choose the ones you want to listen to, either by chronological order or even grouped by category and then we have a few more episodes in our interventions series that we're super excited about so come back for episode number 62 you guys have a great day and thanks so much thank you everyone thank you take care thank you so much for joining us today in our show notes you can find information about today's talk as well as links to resources and other episodes If you have questions about today's talk, have ideas for future episodes, or just want to stay connected, you can contact us through Diagnostic Learning Services on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram. So, let's keep talking learning disabilities. This podcast is sponsored by eDiagnostic Learning. You can find more information at www.ediagnosticlearning.com.